young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs>
it's going to be down for a little bit. The shop will be down. Uh, we'll still have to where you can uh, like contact us or give your give us your email address and all that. But um, the shop will be down and website is getting a new face facelift. So we'll let you guys know when that's back up. I try to do it as quickly as possible, but um, there's a lot of stuff that has to kind of be transferred over. So um, yeah, it's just gonna take a little bit, but that's okay. It's all good. <laughs> um, but speaking of speaking of stuff from the website, uh, contacts and things like that, we got a message earlier this year actually from Kimberly. And Kimberly says, hello, I've been following your Instagram page for a while and I'm so inspired by the community you are building. Growing up, I wish I had something like this because it felt like I was on an island growing up. And now I'm at a point where I'm looking to buy a horse of my own and I don't know where else to turn for support and guidance. So I'm wondering if you would be able to offer insights in first time horse ownership in general as a Black equestrian. Thank you. So for our first episode of 2021, we figured this would be a great topic to cover, um, especially if some people got ponies underneath the tree from Santa Claus. So uh, first time horse ownership, tips for first time horse owners. I just added another one in my brain. Um, let me, let me write it down. Um, okay. I feel like this, this list is kind of a combination of first time horse owners and like if you're trying to go through the buying process. So this is a list for basically both of those things. Um, but if you're a horse, uh, a horse time first owner, <laughs> if you are a first time horse owner, I feel like education is the primary thing that you need. Like outside of keeping the horse alive, you just need to learn. You need to learn everything you can about anatomy, about horse husbandry, about veterinary care, like literally your job is to keep it alive. Keep the horse, the pony, the mule, the donkey alive. Um, but outside of that, number one, if you're looking for a horse, think about your goals. Like, what is it that you want to do? If you don't know, we'll go back to our, you know, very, very first point, educate yourself. Mm -hmm. um, take lessons, figure out what it is that you might even be remotely interested in. That way you don't have to worry about buying a horse that cannot do what it is that you want to do in your career, equestrian career. So for example, if you wanted to 
if you wanted to be a, if you wanted to do eventing, you would not go and get the smallest pony you could find that you could ride just because you were scared of heights. Like you wouldn't do that. You also wouldn't want to do eventing if you were scared of heights. <laughs> but you just need to choose a horse that uh, either has experience in what it is that you want to do or has the potential to get there. Next thing is be honest with your experience level. We've heard so many stories of people getting horses that, you know, they want to train themselves, but they've only been taking lessons for like a few months and, you know, they get a horse and they don't even know the basics of like ground manners and how to form that relationship on the ground or something happens to them and they're scared they're now afraid of the horse and now the relationship is just like blah like I don't know how many times I've heard stories like that so I think it's just important for people to just be honest with themselves and not go out here and let someone convince them to get a horse that they really cannot handle. Because that's not fair for either one of them, you know, the person or the horse. Yeah, um, that is true. Especially if kids are involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like a big thing. I know some, there are some business owners who teach lessons or they just got a barn and they have children or they teach children and, you know, they're sold on the horse that they see because they've been told that it's been great with kids. But when you go to see it, is it with kids? right <laughs> you know like have you ever been to that place and saw the horse outside of that day or outside of pictures mm -hmm. um yeah not everyone is like that but there are some people so be really cautious when it comes to kids because there are too many adults who have had bad experiences as children because somebody didn't know what they were doing when you know when they were younger mm-hmm can't repeat that now that's not okay yeah no um I mean piggybacking off of that with being cautious um don't don't fall for the sob story there's a lot of times where you know emotions get involved and this horse had a really hard life and yada yada ding dong and it's like okay I want to save him but you're also purchasing all of that baggage that comes with a horse that's either been neglected or abused. And I'm not saying that you can't work through it or come out of it better, but if you make that investment in baggage and in a horse that is gonna need a lot of work, you just know that you're gonna have to make that investment in training and in time, you know, you can't force horses to 
move faster than they can mentally. You know, you have to give them time to, to adjust and to trust you and form those relationships. And after neglect, it takes longer. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, wow, that's two years. It's almost two years you said that, right? So almost two years now I've had Ruth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, Ruth is a rescue. She is three, going on four years old. And I I didn't fall for her soft story. <laughs> um, she had a cracked jaw when she um, was like younger. That's the most history that they had about her. So her face looks a little deformed. But the rescue always sent me videos of them using her for lessons. And when she got here, you know, I gave her her space and her time to cool down and get used to everything and being with the herd. Um, and she is absolutely wonderful. Granted, I have not ridden her because I haven't been here consistently, but the things that they showed me in the video, I saw it for myself. So I was, we were like in constant contact I still talk to the girl um, who is the founder of that organization to this day, and she supports like everything that I do. I support everything that she does because she is amazing. And just having that relationship and knowing that, you know, she's not sketchy or trying to scam anybody or like, oh, the poor horses, you know, mm-hmm. send me <laughs> so, all your money. Yeah, we had to find them homes, get them off the slaughter truck. Like, yeah, I know that happens, but like Abriana said, don't fall for that. Um, Definitely do your research. Mm -hmm. Because I reached out to a rescue just to see, like, I just wanted to ask some questions because people were commenting and this lady was like, well, every time you post about this horse, it was a horse they were training off off the slaughter truck. She would say that you changed the story. So I was like, is this a scam? And then people had came and said, no, it's not. But the initial poster never said anything. So like, just do your research. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I like what you said about actually seeing, seeing the horse in the environment that you got, you, you know, you intend to use her for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important, especially if the horse is either marked up because it's had that level of training or um, people are just saying like, oh yeah, this is a kid's horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dead broke. Dead broke. <laughs> like, hmm. Hmm. Let's dead broke. See. Anybody can ride. Mm-hmm. I feel like those terms just mean you can sit on this horse and this horse isn't going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know i just like it's not gonna walk it's not gonna try it's not gonna move it's right just, it's dead right right and <laughs> some, that help? sometimes it's like you know all he's all he wants to do is walk like he's a kid's horse he walks and you see them walk around <laughs> with the kid but if you get him to try he don't like trying he's gonna start bucking you know right. and it's like okay i wonder if people even think about that like I want to see them at all the levels, right? Walk, trot, canter. Like, if that's what you intend on doing, who buys a horse just to walk? Like, I don't know. Maybe y'all do. I don't know. But that's I. I wouldn't just buy a horse just to walk, um, except for the mini, because he don't have to work. 
<laughs> he can walk if he wants. <laughs> um, and so, okay, the next thing is just a list of questions to ask because I ask a lot of questions. And these questions are just important and, and will give you kind of a, a perspective on one, the care of them before now and the honesty of the seller. Um, asking them what they eat. These questions will also be able to prepare you for what you need to do mm -hmm. um, because you can't just switch horses like cold turkey onto something completely different um, without expecting them to have some kind of GI problems. So um, first question is, what do they eat? Are they on grains? Are they on 10 supplements that cost $300 a month, $500 a month? They're getting five smart packs and a grain bucket with soaked beet pulp and molasses just to keep weight on them. And are you going to be able to keep that up? Is it necessary? So just ask, ask them what they eat, what kind of hay they eat. Um, are they used to eating alfalfa? And you had no plans on purchasing all this expensive alfalfa. You were going to feed them a grass hay mix, but they don't like grass hay. <laughs> <laughs> or they're gonna lose a lot of weight or you're gonna have to feed them a whole bunch of hay like you have to you have to ask about what they eat uh next thing is how do they stand for the farrier and when was that last trim do they wear shoes have they ever gone barefoot are they barefoot now are they sound barefoot do they need special shoes that cost two hundred dollars a set every four weeks that you're going to have to keep up mm -hmm. and then you're going to have to factor that into your your monthly maintenance costs um if they do not stand well for the farrier because we can't expect all of them to be perfect what do you have to do to get them to stand for the farrier do you need to buy drugs from your veterinarian every time? I know, you know, everybody wants to think that they got the perfect horse, but some horses need drugs. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's all right. As long as you know, as long as everybody's safe, give them drugs to make them sleepy. Um, is it something where you can just, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I'm just breaking down. Like, we're not expecting everybody to stand for the farrier. Should you? Yes but sometimes drugs are necessary. Um, are they good on just like some Dormosadan gel that you put on their lip and it's good? You know, just figure out what, what you got to do to make that relationship work. Speaking of drugs, while we're in this moment, in your state, what are the laws? Because in some states, yeah. you'll have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. The veterinarian or the... The whoever, barrier, yeah, they yeah. Can't, they can't do that. Yeah, North Carolina is that state. Yeah. yeah, so know your, your equine laws. <laughs> yes, back to our very first point, education, <laughs> education. Um, 
The next question was to, to watch them at the walk trot canner. Do they walk trot canner? Are they gated? Are they a trotting horse? There are different jobs for different kinds of horses. I'm not saying one certain horse can't do a different job. You know, there's a lot of different disciplines popping up now that allow gated horses to do dressage and different other kinds of things. But um, that goes back to thinking about your goals mm -hmm. and um, what it is that you want to do and just getting a horse that fits that. So you just avoid frustration on both both in um experience level of the horse is this a freshly broke three or four year old or is it grand prix reject like what level of training do they have and i'm sure the price will be commensurate of it um, and if it's not, you got to figure out why, you know, if you got a horse that's training it, that they say is training at such a high level, but he's only like $2,000, you got to ask what, what's broken. <laughs> Do they have an injury? Is their brain broken? And you can get horses scanned before you purchase them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of these questions would be answered in a pre-purchase exam by a veterinarian. Um, but in being truly realistic and a lot of people don't do them. And so, yeah, unless they're spending a lot of money. Right, right. But if they're, you know, backyard Craigslist trying to just get a horse to shut the kids up, eh, you're probably not gonna do a pre-purchase exam. But um, you can still arm yourself with these questions just so you can have a better idea. Uh, next question, vaccine status. Have they had any vaccines? Are they on a normal cycle? What's the, what's the deal there? Have they ever seen a veterinarian ever in their life? And that's important, especially if you have horses of your own and you're bringing them back to your home or to wherever you board and putting them with other horses. You need to know that stuff so you can um, quarantine appropriately and not spread disease if you can help it. Yes. And um, speaking of that, after you get the horse, <laughs> make sure you're working with them. If they never, if, you know, for whatever reason, if they haven't had shots before, been seen by a veterinarian in a long time, um, one of my horses, has had shots before and I don't know, like it seemed like yesterday she was like, what is happening? <laughs> like she just forgot like, oh, we do this. <laughs> um, and then the other one, it was his first time getting his blood drawn and he did amazing. So I don't know, just just be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Speaking of blood drawn, um, Coggins, you need Coggins to travel from state to state um, and should have an annual, annual Coggins done anyway. A Coggins test 
is a test for equine infectious anemia. And it is a disease that is uh, fatal in horses and highly contagious. So they get an annual test to make sure they don't have it. So get that, um, the veterinarian will take pictures of the horse if it's digital or they will um, fill out a sheet that has their markings on it. That was so interesting when the vet did man man's because he has all the different markings mm -hmm. and he, he doesn't take pictures so he was drawing every single thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I felt like I was at a show. <laughs> yeah yeah drawing all the little paint marks yeah you gotta show the difference and then you um you put X's on their whirls, mm -hmm. like trying to find those. And sometimes the horses are stupid. And sometimes they have them like behind their ear. And you got to be like, look, like try to find all these little swirly spots With their on mane them. and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, my vet now, just this, this new vet is just now takes pictures. Um, but before I had to fill them out. Um, it's so funny how they call it on horses as worlds, but on people it's cow licks. It's yeah. the same thing though. It is. <laughs> I guess I don't know cows be looking a horse. Normally. <laughs> I don't know. Um with that, uh we're just into the whole like veterinary section. <laughs> um history of disease. There are some diseases that are more prevalent in different breeds than others. And we could do a whole freaking episode on that if you want an education. But if you just go <laughs> back to the first point that we made, educate yourself. So if you would like to get you a big old, thick, round, big booty quarter horse, I'm gonna need you to make sure it doesn't have HYPP. Just go ahead and Google that. Pause this episode and come back when you're done. Um, but that's one of the that's one of the biggest ones. Um, making sure that you're, if you get a horse that has it or is a carrier of it, what kind of management you need to do to prevent them from having episodes. Um, it's like a it's like a muscle disease. I don't really feel like going all into it right now, but yeah, <laughs> like I we got a long list. Google it, Google it. But um, you just need to make sure you're not gonna have to manage the horse completely differently. Or like Caitlin said, being around kids and you got a horse that can potentially seize up and fall over, like mm -hmm. that is not okay. That is not something you want to invest your money in. Um. So yeah, history of disease. Um, and you can kind of, some registries, you can either like track it or they require a panel. So if the horse is registered, you can kind of get a better idea. Um, just ask the, the seller for the horse's registered name and do some research. Um, next thing is their teeth. And they had their teeth done. Um, you can go way back into the archives and listen to our episode with Maisha Thomas of Twisted Bit Equine Dentistry in Texas. And she talks about the importance of getting horses teeth done and um, 
Yeah, well, her skeleton, George. Yes, <laughs> yes. So learn more about that in that episode. Um, next thing is tack preference. Is this horse horse primarily under English tack? Is it primarily under Western tack? Does it need to fit a cob bridle? Does it need a draft bridle? Different things that you can ask. So you can figure out if you're going to have to buy all new stuff or if what you have fits or if, I mean, say you're even wanting to change disciplines, what you're going to need and what that horse is used to. Next thing um, is where they typically fall in the herd. There are some horses like when they you go to get them, you know, they can either be like the boss mare. If it's a mare, is she used to being with all mares? Or if it's a gelding, he's used to being with all mares, but if he goes into pastures with geldings, he'll start fighting. You know, stallions, we all know, being careful, mixing them with mares. <laughs> but, um, Figure out where they fall in the herd and what their personality type is before you turn them out with your own horses is very important. And then the last question to ask, if it is a gelding, when he was gelded? Because there are some horses that are freshly, newly gelded that may still have some personality or behaviors um, of a stallion or they uh oh god proud what's cut. the name yeah proud cut yeah yep or they're proud cut mm -hmm. look that up you can pause this um so you just want to ask when that when that was done and if there's any residual behaviors because of it back to pecking order do not just buy a horse and throw it in the pasture the first day. Yeah, no. Do not do that, please. Yeah. Just introduce them slowly. Yes. Um, don't leave them to the wolves and let them fight it out. Even with the minis. Even with the minis, I sat there and chased them around as they were chasing each other so they would <laughs> stop fighting. <laughs> That was a little less uh, scary, but I still was like... Yeah, don't do that with average size horses, please. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> not advised. No. Um, next thing on the list for tips for first-time horse owners, if you are new to horses... Um, oh, I have some questions that they can ask. Okay, what questions? Um, I just wanted to add... Um, ask the the owner what training methods are they mm -hmm. using um and hopefully they will be honest with you because horses like people can carry trauma and i feel like it's best to know like were you sworn out on like one trainer's method or were you all natural horsemanship mm -hmm. or like you only do something if you got a clicker. Yeah. <laughs> like, what was that person doing? Because I feel like 
that will save you a lot of time when it comes to training mm-hmm. and working on groundwork, which you have to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if it was a mare, has it ever fold? Oh, yeah, um, that is a good question. That is a, yeah, because you need to know that just in case something happens in the future. Um, and if you didn't know this, horses can get breast cancer. Um, I've been watching for Barbie, my Arabian. Her teats have not gone down. And we're just watching it. Um, I mean, she's older, so <laughs> she's closer to her 30s. But she's been fine and everything. But that is something she's had, like, three folds. So, mm-hmm. It's just something that if I didn't know like her history before, um, I would, I guess, be more concerned. But I knew a lot about her history and I knew like their training methods. I knew where she came from. I knew what they did with her. Mm-hmm. I knew all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good questions. Especially a lot of people get mares, train them up you know, do fantastic things with them and want to breed them. So um, knowing that ahead of time, if they've ever had a baby, if they've ever, ever had complications, you know, that's really important. Um, okay, so the next tip was um, if you are, if you are brand spank new to the, to the horse world, um, you don't necessarily need to look for a horse to grow with, i.e. maybe not purchase a two-year-old, maybe get a horse that's been there, done that, and can do what you want to do. Uh, this is just for safety for both of you. If you are like, you know, I want this two-year-old. I love how it's bred. I've got a trainer. I'm going to be doing the work. Okay, yeah, that's cool. But just for the unsuspecting soul who gets really excited about horse ownership, this having that relationship where you need to grow with the horse is not necessarily, it doesn't always work out the best. So that's just something to be aware of. Uh, the next tip is to find your dream team, and that is your your sources and suppliers for things like hay, vet care, and farrier care, and then a trainer if you want to, if you want or need a trainer. Um, knowing those people ahead of time saves you a lot of heartache and stress when you know you get a horse home and something happens or you're in need of something um establishing kind of who you're gonna have to help you with this lifestyle with this management of this animal is really good and you know you connect with people and network and learn more about horses from them right um The next two are just kind of for like when you're going to go look at a horse 
I always recommend getting there early, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes before you said it were. Um, just because a lot of times you will see horror stories of people getting to a place and the horse is already tacked up and it's kind of like blah. And then they find out the horse has been drugged. Um, so you can ask the owner like, hey, can I help you get them out of the pasture? Can I help you tack them up? You know, can I help you do all these things just so you can see the process from start to finish? Right. Instead of coming in on some foolery and then getting a surprise when you get home. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to skip to the last one and then go back. The next one is think about their environment and um, what it is that they're used to. Are they a horse that's been in a stall their whole life and you don't have stalls, you plan on putting them on pasture or vice versa. They're used to being on pasture their whole life and you put them in a stall and then they're gonna be mad, you know? So be mad forever. Is, <laughs> it will never change no matter how long. It will be mad forever. They will be mad. I know, <laughs> like my horses, they are on pasture all the time. And one year during a hurricane, we found this vacant barn and we took them there to be sheltered during a hurricane. And my old man almost died because the, the barn was vacant and there was so much dust, he could not stay in the stall. And so me and my veterinarian were out in, in a hurricane, like hurricane was here. Like we were just gonna stay in the barn, giving him fluids and ended up having to turn him out at the pasture at this barn in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> so things like that, I didn't think about. I didn't realize he was gonna have those issues, but. You have to mention why the dust affected. His oh, yeah, because he has a chronic disease called heaves, which is like COPD for horses, uh, which I knew he had, but I didn't realize that the barn was as dusty as it was and it was going to affect him in the way that it did. And I even, I wet down the bedding, you know, tried to minimize it, but it just wasn't enough. And he got dehydrated because of it because he spent more time breathing than he did drinking. So, um, yeah, that's why. But um, if you have a horse that, you know, stays in the stall majority of its life and then try to turn it out to pasture, you might experience his feet breaking down a little bit just because they're more mobile, especially if you, you know, want to take shoes off. Um, and if you have a horse that's been on pasture and you want to put them in a stall, you might see some different behaviors like cribbing or weaving or just attitude changes because mm -hmm. they're not used to being in a box. So you just have to be mindful of that and be prepared. Oh my goodness. Ask them if the horse or mule is an escape artist. Oh, that too. <laughs> Does it jump over fences? <laughs> Does it open gates? <laughs> Ask that. <laughs> yeah. you, if you can't um, keep it in, then um, 
figure out something or move on. Yeah, that, yeah. Like you said, um, behavior issues changing. So it just made me think about the one of the pastures that we're having to change because one of the horses keeps getting out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a border horse, so. Um, when Maestro was little, he just didn't care about <laughs> the electric fence. And he said, if I just go real fast, it won't hurt. <laughs> So he did that several times. Like he would just back up and then just go real fast and go through the fence. And I'm just like, I'm right here, buddy. I'm right here. I just heard you back out. Like, could you not? But um, yeah, escape artists, you know, they keep things interesting. <laughs> what is <in> the world? <laughs> Why did it sound like a horse? I don't know. It was like you got sound effects coming out of it. The cat, the cat is growling at the other cat. I'm sure. Oh my god, uh, that was weird. <sighs> um. So on top of that, just to educate yourself, truly, you know, about horse horse husbandry and management and stuff like that. Different signs of disease. Knowing what colic looks like. Knowing what choking looks like all of those things um very just important to know and then just get your supplies um based on everything that we have covered get your supplies that you need to manage your horse get whatever tack you need get your uh your brushes and your combs you know this is the this is the fun part getting just all the stuff <laughs> getting all the stuff like I didn't pay very much for my horse, but I dropped a couple racks very soon after because there was a consignment sale. <laughs> the equestrian exchange happened and I was like, whoa, and it's cheap. Woo! I bought so much stuff. Um, but yeah, first aid kit is always good. You know, halters, lead ropes whatever tack you need to enjoy your horsemanship. Yes. And if you feel like after listening to this and thinking more about it and educating yourself that you aren't ready to own a horse, support a rescue or a nonprofit. Or lease a horse. Yeah, or lease a horse. That those There are some options for you to get your horse fixed in. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, can, you can lease horses. You can share horses with other people. You can, you volunteer know. Volunteer with horses. Yeah, volunteer. Do, um, I mean, working student, like I get it, but it just depends on the relationship. Um, where, that, where you kind of exchange work or riding opportunities so there's so many options out there you just got to figure out what works for you and what will actually get you closer to your goal Mm -hmm. and i mean even if you don't have a goal like just try just try different things and just figure out what you like the best um that's always that's always fun trying different disciplines and things Mm -hmm. so any more tips? Any more tips? Think of. 
<laughs> if you if you feel like oh my gosh i'm gonna go look at this horse and i'm not gonna be i don't care i'm gonna buy it just take a friend take a friend take a voice of reason that can ask these questions and remind you and all these things just so you don't end up in a, a situation and remember that you can say no <laughs> yeah you can say no if it turns out not to be what you thought or you don't think it's gonna, the horse is going to be a good fit or something just seems off or something that is wrong that they, you know, didn't um, bring to your attention, you can say no. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, you don't have to um, make an impulse purchase because this is for life. Um, yeah. Yeah, unless you want the Facebook horse crazies to come after you for buying a horse and selling it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is for life. I'm just kidding. That doesn't happen often. Yeah. yeah. Stay off of Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Get them. Get them home. Get them settled in. Uh. You know. Don't feel like you have. Ooh, that's a good point. Don't feel like you have to prove yourself to people on the internet. Like, choose to share your journey. <laughs> don't choose to share your journey mm -hmm. no one else is there no one else is involved but you and your dream team and your horse like do what's best for you not everybody's advice is going to be for you take what you want leave what you don't this advice is for you this this right <laughs> this advice is for you right you <laughs> i'm not talking this. about us we talk about the other people right <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, take everything with a grain of salt and just do what's best for you and your horse. Um, that's all the horse can ask. And that's all we ask, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so Kimberly, thank you so much for shooting us that that message and um and wanting to know more about that. I hope that this helped. Um, I hope that you find success on your, your horse buying journey. And if you have any follow-up questions, definitely um, shoot us a message or shoot us an email. The website will be down tomorrow. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, for the, the rest of you that are not Kimberly, I hope you learned something also. <laughs> but um, we also have sponsorship opportunities for our episodes feel free to send us a dm or send us an email at young black equestrians t is in tom p is in paul at gmail.com and uh we can discuss it further and send media kits and you know do all the the businessy things so that is pretty much it for today I'm excited for next week's episode because we're going to start interviewing people again. So, oh, I guess that too. If you have someone that you think that we should interview, send it to us, send it to us. And um, we'll, you know, try to work them into our schedule for our, wait, so February will be, what does that make? We did. February means we've done it for two whole years. So mm -hmm. we're going into year three. Mm -hmm. Or is it 
or is it into year two? It's into year. No, it's into year three because oh yeah, 2020. That was our second year. Yeah. You can't count. The <laughs> <laughs> saddle up and read. Not, not saddle up and count. In right 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in 2020. Mm -hmm. That was 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2021. <laughs> All the 20. 2020. 2020. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, we're going into our third year. So we're excited for the stories we're excited for the community we're excited for hopefully meeting people and things oh, I hope. <laughs> yeah like, oh and riding i think we promised y'all last year that we would actually show videos <laughs> of yeah us riding. yeah we promised that before the pandemic oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> things change on the pandemic yeah 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 the whole panoramic we didn't we didn't get to it um but yeah let us know what you need what you would like to hear and who you like to hear from and we will see you guys next week thank you for tuning in to another episode of young black equestrians head over to our facebook or instagram pages and let us know what you thought about that episode Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and have the opportunity to be featured in our next episode. See you next week.